Uh, actually, I'm going to start again because that was shit. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, was, I was about to try and remember you you're doing great, sweetie. <laughs>And welcome to what is episode 113 of the Startcast, uh, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm Matthew, your host for tonight. Uh, I am joined by uh, my fellow gamers, Brody. Hello. And Mehdi. Hello, everybody. Now, uh, you two, Brody and Mehdi, uh, have just come back from the massive gaming convention in Europe for what is known as Gamescom. Uh, now, Mehdi, it's not your first time, uh, but uh, how was it for you this year? Um, it was very busy. Let's keep it at that. Like, in the past few years... Gamescom keeps getting more insane every year and like they showed some awesome stuff but you really do get the feeling that the event is growing it gets bigger every year and especially this year on the show floor it was amazing and terrifying to see the scale of the entire thing sounds like absolute chaos I'm not sure um, whether I could handle it or not. Uh, and Brody, uh, your first time on a press start event that's, uh, you know, not in Victoria and uh, your first time for an event overseas. Uh, how did you find it? Yeah, much the same. Um, it was super, super chaotic. Like there were so many people there. I think I read uh, in an email the other day that uh, the event over the course of the the time it was on had over like 360,000 people or something like that and it, it broke its like previous record so it is just growing and it's just getting bigger but it's it's super well run though it's like really really efficient oh that's yeah that's that's really good and uh, a lot of the guys are jealous because uh, for the first time you two got to meet in person we've only like really ever heard your your <laughs> sweet sweet voice midi over the over the airwaves so you know how how was that like meeting each other in person? Uh, we um, we met each other once briefly on like the second day I think, as we were sort of passing because we were both at EAR and he was on his way to Battlefront I think no Battlefield yeah uh, and Battlefield I was on my, yeah and I was on my way to Battlefront and uh, yeah we had a very brief passing and then I think it was on the last day or the second last day we got to a uh, chat for about half an hour. But yeah, it was. A, there's no proof of it. There's no pictures. So sorry to Jake. I know he was really, really wanting a selfie and all that sort of stuff, but I couldn't make it happen. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was good to meet someone else from the team, especially someone from overseas. It's we're a very uh, diverse group at, at Press Start. Yeah, well, hopefully one day we can get Medi out here so he can experience the true Aussie hospitality. <laughs> so going be a very nice flight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so going back to uh, Gamescom, uh, I believe that uh, you got to like you both got to play a fair bit at Gamescom. Like we we of course saw all the announcements of what's coming out or what was available, but you know we didn't actually get to to you know, get hands on. Um, so I'll start with I'll start with you, Brody. What was your what was your favourite uh, game to get your hands on at uh, Gamescom? Uh, I've I've already spoken like so much about it, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point. But um, I'd probably have to say Cuphead. Like, man, that game is just so so cool. Like, it's so fun. It looks so good. Uh, just and like just getting to meet the team and like have them sit down and like talk to me about the process of having made it and like 
how they've mortgaged their homes and stuff to like put everything into it like i just really hope it does well and i, I think it will it's so good Are there any other uh games you uh you got to play that you're looking forward to uh yeah uh the new colossus is going to be really really cool um obviously wolfenstein i mean um i got to play about an hour of the evil within two as well and um that is uh <clears throat> that's one that was sort of sneaking under my radar because i didn't play the first one but it's made me actually want to go back and play the first one because it's quite up my alley to be honest oh, that's and also uh transference which is a super cool you know the elijah wood vr game that ubisoft are doing yep yep yeah that's a really really fun game too what Very, uh, uh yeah sorry i was gonna say well you know what uh what's it all about for those who you know haven't kind of looked into it um from what i could sort of gather like uh they sat us down and they played like a a video like from a doctor and it sort of felt like a, like a meta sort of technology test where we go through the game we go into the memories and psyche of a guy who's suffering from ptsd to try and get to the root of the problem of where his affliction began sort of thing so like find the trauma event and so you sort of go into his memory and then like uh the game has a really cool like time hopping uh, mechanic where if you hit a light switch you like go from the early 2000s or whenever the year is to like the early 90s and you've got to sort of solve puzzles between the timelines to obviously progress and get to the root of the problem but yeah it's, it's really cool uh, I've, I've scared the i got scared the shit out of me when i um went down in the basement in the demo for the first time because yeah you, there's a big jump scare there and it just yeah it got me i got laughed at it wasn't good but <laughs> really really fun that's it no it sounds riveting sounds exciting how about yourself meddy um you know you I, I know you were keen on a couple of games while you're there what was your standout from gamescom um it's actually a game i also play last year like i got to um, play a session of sea of thieves and i sat down with the with some of the team members, uh, Ted Timmons, the design lead, and the senior designer, Shelly Preston, from uh, C- from Rare at Sea of Thieves. Shout out to them, I know they're listening. And, um, yeah, just, I- I'm a sucker for a good cooperative game. Like, it's um, very hard for me to really find a co-op game that I really get invested in. Like, with Destiny, I really don't really get the feeling what with the division division i also didn't really get the feeling like that you're really being part of a team and uh, we were on the show floor at the microsoft stand and uh, i was the captain of our team and they just gave us a map and they said you know what guys you're gonna have to find treasure today and you're going to have to figure out who's who who's gonna do what it was just a great experience like um had someone in the map room downstairs somebody manning the cannons like there was a lot of coordination between the players like some of us didn't even speak english so it was really hinting like okay do you know what the word cannon means <laughs> and yeah it was this um i think it was this chinese i believe i was he was chinese and was really playing charade like okay cannon oh yeah shit but it's really it's a lot of fun like they actually gave us uh, USBs with recordings also for voice chats because you really get immersed like everybody in the team even though we didn't all speak the same language we really could, could connect 
in that game we really we knew what our role was and it's just an incredibly fun game to play i know that um a lot of the team have been looking forward to it so uh you know i've i've been on the fence myself personally but basically because like i'm not a pirate game kind of person but you know every every account that comes out you know it it kind (coughs) of sways me more towards you know looking into it so um yeah, yeah, it sounds it sounds quite interesting. What else? Um, what else took your fancy while you while you were there? Um, I think it would be. Uh, it, it's like fifty fifty. I'd have to say Forza or Battlefront, and like choosing between the two is really problematic for me. Like we had um, we we had the space battles in uh, Battlefront at the EA um, Business Center, and that was a lot of fun. But I'd have to give the edge to Forza. Like, um, I've seen a lot of racing games at Gamescom this year. Like, I saw Gran Turismo Sport. I saw Project Cars. But just seeing and playing those levels of Forza, it really impressed me. Like, it was running on a 1X, a 4K, locked at 60 frames per second. And just the handling, the dynamic weather, just... Do, do, do you know when you play a game and you really have that wow feeling like you just stop for a second and look at it and go holy crap like that's the reaction I had whilst playing Forza that um yeah I, I know what you mean like yeah there's there's been moments uh even even recently myself with like playing the the demos for Project Cars too. I mean like it's it's probably not in the same sort of graphical vein, but no, I, yeah, I totally get what you mean. It's um, definitely something to look to look forward to. Um, speaking of games that are coming and, you know, games that to look forward to, it was recently announced that uh, South Park, the fractured but whole, will be completely uncensored in Australia. Ubisoft has confirmed that South Park, the fractured but whole, and you got to be careful how you say that, uh, has been given an R18 rating in Australia and will be completely uncut and uncensored. Now, Betty, I know that uh, for a fact that here in Australia, we tend to get a lot more censorship than, uh, you know, you guys over in Europe and stuff. So I don't know, you know, what you can really make of this, but uh, did you play the first the first game? Um, I did. And it's um, it's really interesting to see how censorship goes in different countries like in the Netherlands overall we don't really censor yeah anything like game wise it usually just goes out of the gate like if it's really mature like a game like South Park it's just rated 18 like with the R18 rating you guys now have you're getting a bit closer to our system Though I guess maybe the rating system in Australia is still a little bit more strict when it comes to more extreme stuff. Which is Mm. why I'm actually surprised that South Park isn't getting censored. Like when you read the description of the the rating, you think, okay. I'm actually impressed. What was the the description? If you do know, I haven't actually seen it. Um, I'd have to look it up. Like, there was, um... Because, I mean, we had the R rating last time when the Stick of Truth came out, I'm pretty sure, but it's just because there was the, um... You know, like, the... Was the alien probing scene? Yeah, like, it, I yeah, guess it's because it's, yeah. it's essentially rape, I guess. Like, they can't have depictions of that. 
in that the might game. have actually also been censored here. I'm not oh, sure. Really? I know that there was a big but, but deal. I think it was the new mini game. I think that was the standout in the description of the new one. Mm. But I mean, even even like the dudes who made the Stick of Truth, like they even took that, like the censorship of it, and just ran with it and just made it so funny. Like the Stick of Truth is just like one of the funniest games I've ever played. So I'm really excited to uh, play the Fractured Butthole. Did you did you yourself play the first one, Brody? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. What did you so What did you make of the uh, this the whole censored scene? Because I know that there was a bit of an outrage um, amongst fans. You know, it was replaced by a screen with a koala or something, just a yeah, you know, a little bit of fun to poke at us. So yeah, you know. like a didgeridoo wailing in the background and stuff like that. No, I thought it was really funny. And I, I I looked up after the fact like what the censored scene was, and I watched it. And like I'm a pretty tame sort of guy, so it didn't really bother me. But I can I suppose I can see where people would be you know triggered by it or something like that but did you did you think that uh what they censored was like vital I feel like, like bit... no 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 not at all because i know that a lot no. of a lot of people kind of felt uh you know they... the game didn't lose anything i don't think yeah like, you could still play it and still appreciate it for being a great game i feel like there's been a lot of games that have got away with a lot worse but i mean that's just the uh the black like the grey obviously area of, of censorship we'll, we'll work it out eventually but it's kind of like the to use a bad analogy it's like the, the match review panel in AFL or something like that <laughs> they, they get it right one week and then they're you know so far off at the next so, so we won't talk about that because no one cares about that and, so. and it also goes straight over Medi's head too so that's right <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> so going from games that you know we're looking forward to that are coming out let's move on to uh a little bit more of a, a topic close to certain people's hearts uh you know games that are not releasing uh in in recent bittersweet news uh half-life writer mark laidlaw has taken to his blog to nonchalantly post what is assumed to have been the plot to the next episode of the gordon freeman saga so of course that's uh potential half-life 3 uh story details uh the blog titled uh episode 3 cleverly disguises yeah. the name of Half-Life franchises, but it doesn't take a lot to be- read between the lines and soak up what would have been a grand re- resolution to one of gaming's biggest cliffhangers. Now, uh, for all of you lift- listening out there and for you two on the cast, please do not crucify me, but I, ha- I have never played the uh, the Half-Life games. I could kind of tell because um, it, I wrote that and I can even tell from you reading it that you had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I've always wanted to. Uh, I've never had the chance and because I was a big console gamer, not a big PC gamer. And, you know, the console releases were like few and far between. I think there was like a little bit in the orange box. Uh, that came out a while ago, yeah. but I never really got to play it. But uh, I think the first Half Life came out on PS2, and then um, yeah, yeah, everything else came out on the Orange Box. I kind of, I kind of bypassed it all. But uh, yeah, like I, I've always been interested to see how this has kind of, you know, come along and if anything's ever going to happen. But uh, unfortunately, I've never been the biggest fan, so <laughs> you know, it'd be interesting to see. So Brody, you you wrote the. Yeah, you wrote the article, of course, and uh, yep. I take it that you're a quite a, a big Half-Life fan. How does how did this news kind of hit you? Um, well, you know, I was a Half-Life fan ten years ago when Half-Life came out, uh, or Half-Life Two, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, 
I've kind of been resigned to the fact for a while that I don't think we're going to get a Half-Life game. So to have this sort of, not confirmed, but I guess to have the writer of the series essentially put out what would have been the next game's plot and I guess bring bring a bit of closure to it for fans. I mean, it's it's sad, but at least we got something, I guess. And like, I'm just gutted because for anyone who read the plot uh, outline that he did... Like, they were going to tie it into, like, Portal 2 and everything like that, and it was going to be so good. Like, the plot is, like, really good. It just goes balls out crazy, like, time travel shit, and it's just, yeah, I'm just sad it didn't get made. Mehdi, how about yourself? Um, you know, is this is, is the news pretty sort of heartbreaking for you as well, or were you someone who, you know, kind of didn't really have much of an interest in it? Um, I've always been a big fan of the Half-Life franchise, like I've played every single release. But the whole thing is, I never expected another installment to come out, like whether it was Episode 3 or actually Half-Life 3. Uh, it's just because Valve changed so inherently over the years that I, for one, never saw that I'd never see them making another Half-Life game. And I could never see them making a game that would actually live up to the expectations that we're going to have. And I think that was very clear for Valve for a long time as well, that no matter how good Half-Life 3 would be, it would just get yeah, pushed over because people have these grand expectations at this point. And I've also read the plot outline, and it's actually much better than I expected it to be like it ties up so many things very nicely and like Brody said the Portal 2 inclusion was actually a pretty nice touch mm. and it's just such a cop out know. though like to you know use that as an excuse like if it's 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 quite clear that they didn't have a concern of expectation like they don't care about that part of their history anymore obviously they're content making games like Artifact and, you know, Dota and stuff like that and supporting that I think and selling hats to people. I think like they just don't, they don't care anymore. Th- There's such a so- small subset of their crew that probably still want to do Half-Life, but they're just not getting the, the chance to. I think the biggest problem is, um, as Mehdi says, is like with the amount of time that's gone past and the expectation that, you know, a, a sequel will be coming out, um, that grows and really puts pressure on, you know, the studio to actually deliver, uh, you know, a game that everyone's been wanting. I mean, if we have a look in, you know, games that have been on the back burner, sort of like vaporware kind of stuff that has existed in the past, you look at like Duke Nukem Forever, which severely underperformed because it was like a half-cooked sort of release, you know, it was... it was. Yeah, but that's also a game that was passed around between studios. Like, this would, this would all be done by Valve. Yeah, but, like, you also got, like, The Last Guardian. The Last Guardian was good, but it just wasn't. Like, a lot of people kind of thought, wow, we waited this long for, you know, something like this, um, which had pr- apparently been in development for, you know, for so long that, um, you know, it was cancelled and then not cancelled and then cancelled. And, I mean, even even with, like... I, I still think it's a cop-out. I mean, there's plenty of games that were in development for, like, six, seven years. That's a long time. And they've come out and been good. Like, I think Alan Wake was in development for a long time and that was still a really good game it's one of my favorite games i think though that half-life carries a sort of gravity about it that no other game has really carried 
you know, and people have wanted that particular sequel. And I think that expectation really sort of pushed no, them to man, the limit. It's a cop out. They don't want to do it. They don't care about expectations. I this think it's also about monetization. You know, like um, that's right. You can't charge for hats. Made, yeah. What's the last time they made a single player game? I think that was Portal, wasn't it? Portal Two. Portal Two. Probably. Uh, the the thing is with a game like Team Fortress or Dota or what's Ar- Artifact, like you can keep a revenue streaming coming in from that, and like from Half Life Three with which would be a very big investment budget-wise. Like, they can't give it a lifetime of investments. Like, they don't get a revenue stream for that for a long time, and I think that's also Mm -hmm. how Valve has changed. Like, if they don't see long-term profit from something, they're just not interested in producing it. Yeah. The only hope now for people that like Half-Life is for modders, I guess, to take the story and recreate it i guess with the source engine or something like that so i guess like mesa team maybe yeah i guess you could say that uh the future of half-life 3 is fried just as fried as uh oh no (laughs) the the recent news that uh kentucky fried chicken has announced that is using a virtual reality fried chicken cooking simulator in order to train staff the KFC training worst. game, running on Oculus Rift, portrays Colonel Sanders and AI overlord, overload? Overlord, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be, who has trapped the player in a kitchen where they must successfully inspect, rinse, bread, rack, and pressure fry chicken. Now, I've seen some pretty crazy uses of VR. Uh, you know, some, some good ones and some not-so-good ones. Uh, Medi... Is frying chicken something you'd really want to do in VR? Um, terrible segue aside. Uh, <laughs> I like how he um, goes out of the way to point out typos in our articles as well while he's doing it. Now, I found, I guess as a practical application, it would be maybe handy for job training, but I don't see how this is any more than a more specific job simulator. Yeah, Basically, I'd say like, it, ha- it has no it commercial is. appeal. It, it would be in-house sort of for training, like Mehdi says. Yeah, I don't know though. Like you yeah. look at you look at it, and like it's it's Colonel Sanders is an over you know an evil overlord. Why why would they want yeah, to suppose. portray you know their like it's 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 most likely more often you know a, a publicity stunt more than anything. Um, mm. But you know you wouldn't you wouldn't want to train. Yeah, like I, I know a lot of things are being used to train people in things that, you know, previously had to be done physically. Like even even sort of like racing simulators and stuff are being used to train people to become racing drivers. But this this seems like it's a blend between fantasy and reality where you're trapped trying to cook chicken and, and you have to... Yeah, because it's, it's an escape room, isn't it, essentially? Yeah. Almost, almost, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, hey, if product placement wants to come to the uh the vr scene and kfc want to put out free games to push their product um, i'll play them why not well br- and then i'll go down and get a bucket how do you how do you feel do you think that you'd pass the chicken simulator test no i can't cook for shit <laughs> i make myself grievously ill every time i make chicken every time <laughs> even fake chicken 
Just digital chicken, you know, gets you sick. I'll get digital salmonella, yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I think we've, we've uh, you know, we've salted the chicken. And speaking of salt, with another bad oh segue. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I don't no, have the art of segue time. like Ewan and Jake do. Leave, leave me be. Uh, Edge magazine, uh, in a recent article, has named Zelda Breath of the Wild as the greatest game of all time. Uh, every few years, they update their greatest games of all time list, which includes 100 games. The list can only include one game from an overall series. Uh, in the latest issue, they've updated since the first time since 2015. Uh, they've bumped out Dark Souls, which is previously number one, uh, and put in Breath of the Wild. Ocarina of Time sits in ninth place, and Grand Theft Auto V sits in third, which was previously second. Um... Medi, I'm not sure if you've played Breath of the Wild, but uh, how did how do you react to this kind of news? Um, I always have this weird thing with lists. Like, it's obviously su- subjective, or I think subjective is the word I'm looking for. Like, what the best game is, but like um, a magazine or a website calling something the best game ever made. Like, it sounds it sounds final like is there never going to be another game coming out ever like I don't see the point in really mm, like in, yeah. in making a list like this like it's constantly every week there's a new game coming out like you'd have to update that list indefinitely and ultimately it's nothing more than a popularity contest when you think about it like Breath of the Wild being number one which I'm not saying it doesn't deserve the spot honestly i haven't played it but i've heard from a lot of people that's a very very great game but put six people next to each other and maybe they've all played breath of the wild but that doesn't have to come to the same conclusion and ultimately i think this list really doesn't say anything like i, I don't see the point yeah, that's a, that's mm. a that's a fair point. I mean, like you know, it's it's um, sort of subjective to everyone's point of views. You know, everyone's going to have a different point of view. Um, mm. Now, Brody, I know that you're you know you're teeming with enthusiasm on on speaking about this. What do you make <laughs> of you know the the list that they put out? The list itself. Now, uh, I've had a flick through it. And let's ignore the fact that it said that you can only have one from each series and there's five Zelda games in the top 38. Let's uh, just... like There's a few games in here that I'm like, yeah, these are good games. They're top 100 games. There's some surprise ones. Like, let's give a shout-out to Hyper Light Drifter for making the top 100. I like that. But show me a universe where, you know, like... Where was it? I just saw it and it upset me. Where is it? Mm-hmm. Show me a universe where Kerbal Space Program is a better game than Majora's Mask, and I'll show you a dark timeline because that is wrong. Um, is that the so, timeline where we all have goatees? Or yeah, I think so. And I mean, like, there's so many odd choices, like Bloodborne and Dark Souls in the top five. I mean, come on, who is this top hundred? Sure, but top five, yeah, nah, definitely not. Uncharted four in the top twenty when two is not on it at all. It's just, you know, I just... I can't get behind it. But, I mean, Vanquish is on there. That's cool. 
But like um, Eddie said, it's so subjective unless it's a list collated by the readers of the magazine. But I don't think it is. So I think their biggest issue is the fact that they call it the greatest games of all time, but they keep updating the lists. Yeah, I, I guess they mean greatest games of all time up until now. <laughs> so yeah, like that's it's it's a bit of a like it is a bit of a cop out in that you know like you can't just say the greatest game of all time, but like until more games come out because then and I mean look COD Four which revolutionised almost like the modern competitive shooter it's like at eighty two it's languishing. Well, I you know like against their word, are there any other COD titles on there? Or is it just the one? Oh no, I wouldn't have thought so. Because so, I, I mean, they've already. But there's, there's Infinite been, Warfare's on there, yeah. There's multiple. <laughs> Infinite Warfare's uh, actually number four. Because <laughs> I mean, they've but, already broken their rules putting multiple Zeldas on there, so. Oh, there's. And, and there's a shit ton of Mario games as well. Don't worry about that. You got Mario Galaxy 2 is 8. You got Mario 64 at 14. You got Super Mario World at 16. You got I Mario guess they're Kart. using that stupid technicality where Mario Kart. Like that, that Mario and Zelda are IPs. I think that's their reasoning, but still, in the way that they actually explain it, they don't really go into depth about that. Like, mm. okay, if you tell me, like, okay, Mario Gal, Mario Galaxy, and Mario Kart are different franchises, okay, but then tell me, okay, an IP can have multiple instances. Like, that's a but whole I'll, different story. I would have thought Metroid Prime was a sequel to like Metro, uh, Super Metroid, like somewhere along the line, though. And they're both on the list. It's it's a very it's a very flawed list. It's yeah, very subjective. Yeah, semantic. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, I was gonna say hypothetical. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with you, Brody. If someone put oh. a gun to your head and said you have <laughs> to pick <laughs> the greatest game of all time, at the moment, what would you pick? Oh, it's so subjective, though. Like, it's just what my favorite game of all time is, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's the point. Essentially, yeah. Well, you know, I've put a lot of time into Destiny, but, like, in my heart of hearts, I know that's not the greatest game of all time. I'm just addicted to it. Uh, With a gun to my head, I would probably say Super Mario World. The SNES game? Yeah. Interesting. That would be be my choice. How about you, Maddie? Gun to your head? Um... Yeah, like Brody said, it would probably come down to my favorite game ever. I think that would be Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, probably. <laughs> That's off the wall. I like that. Is that on the top 100? Let's have a look. Talk amongst yourselves, please. <laughs> That's That's a very interesting choice, Mitty. Um... You know, it's, it's, oh, it is it's not. Out, of, out of left field, but yeah, no, it's, it's a very interesting choice. Yeah, I think I have about six thousand hours over the past 15 years in that game so yeah did um did fire emblems fates just come out like fates yeah not not too long ago yeah yeah that's that's obviously done very well because it's cracked the top 50 Mm. one of the best 50 games of all time of all time all time none of the up until this none of the other fire emblems made it no Uh. they've got rules matthew they've got rules one per series. Yeah. They only break them if they... One per series. Classic series. Mario or Zelda. <laughs> only or Cod. Cracked, yeah, Zelda and Mario. Yeah. They can get away with murder. Yeah. But, but it's like... No, no. Modern Warfare and, you know, Black Ops are different franchises. Okay. And like of all, the, of, all the, of all the Metal Gear Solid games they chose, they've put the Phantom Pain in there, man. 
No, yeah, no. just I don't, put I don't Snake Eater on there. Come on, Skyrim's in the top thirty. That game's dog shit. Uh, let's move on. I'm getting angry. Well, maybe we will have to uh, do our own press start. Uh, press start presents. Um, no one wants that, man. You know, no one wants games. That. Games of you know, games of all time, but not really. <laughs> Everyone will just get angry at us. All right, let's let's move on. Let's let's end. Let's end the cast on a positive note. Let's get uh, get into you know something that Medi's going to be seriously disadvantaged in because he's you know on zero. Uh, let's well, get into a game of What the Wiki. Ooh. So for those of you playing at home, What the Wiki is a game where uh, we originally were reading out uh, video game titles with the title obviously not read out, uh, and the players have to guess what uh, what game is being read out. They uh, they call out by calling out their name, uh, and then those who guess uh, two out of three win the point, and uh, at the end of the season, you get bragging rights till the next season. So. I think at this stage Brody's currently winning. I don't know. I think, I think so. maybe. I think we've lost count on who's winning, but I, I have a feeling mm. it was Brody's winning because before that it was me. So Brody's taken the lead <laughs> from uh, your your yours truly, the previous champion. Um, so not bitter at all. Not bitter at all. So no, it doesn't uh, sound like it. So yeah, um, this is Medi's chance to jump into the game because I'm pretty sure is this your first time playing this year, Medi? Um, I think I've played twice this year. Like, I ha- I have only been on, like, five casts this year, I think. <laughs> All right, well, now's your, now's your chance to try and, yeah, leapfrog and get into the game, so. So, for, just for clarity, are, season. Are, for clarity, are we doing games or characters? No, again? I think we're, I think we're moving into characters because uh, games is a little bit difficult, so. Yeah. yeah. Please tell me you're not going to have, like, god-awful like public written character descriptions that no, make no I'm, sense. No, I'm playing the game as it should be played from what the wiki. So right, you know. Do you hear that, Jake? After our after he's, our he's uh, just shaded you after our serious uh, Twitter discussion the other day. Um, mm. Yeah. All right, let's get. All right, Medi, are you ready? I'm ready. I like that. That rhymed. Uh, Brody, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Yes. Well, gentlemen, here we. Go. This character is immensely strong, pure of heart, and extremely competitive, but dedicated to defending the Earth from evil. First introduced as a young boy, this character was originally conceived by Creator as a variation of Sun Wukong, protagonist of the Chinese novel Journey to the West, where he also sprouted a prehensile tail until later. Brody? Brody. Ooh, jeez. I want to say Goku. You are correct. It wasn't until the tail that I had an actual idea. Like, oh, shit. I I kind of... I I vaguely twigged at Journey to the West. I'm like, oh, I know what that is. I was was reading... I I read the bit where it says conceived by the creator, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't read that out because that's a dead giveaway. So... (laughs) Yeah, inspired by creator. Um, now that that counts because that was that's he's been in video games, so yeah, 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 yeah. make sure. Makes that, sense. Uh, okay, come on, Medi, you gotta get yourself in the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this this one this one might be uh, a little bit easier. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yep. yep. Here we go. This character is a blue anthropomorphic hedgehog who has the ability to run... Brody. Medi. 
No shit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Brody. Yeah. Oh, I'm so tempted to throw it just to, like, make it interesting. Oh, I can't, though. I'm too competitive. Is it Sonic? Brody, you are correct. Thank Yay! You, thank you very much. That, um, applause that unfortunately brings an end to What the Wiki. Um, sorry, Matty. Better luck next time. I mean, I'd have one point this entire season, so, you know, it's not a big loss. <laughs> I like, I like Meddy's despair when he realized his name was Second Dash. Yeah. <laughs> in, in this day and age, we all give out participation trophies anyway, so, I'm, you know, I'm sure you'll get one for for at least trying. Yours so. will come in email. Yeah. Hand delivered. Yeah, it's a voucher, you know, you print out. Hand delivered by Shannon um, for the next time he flies over for Gamescom, so... <laughs> <laughs> that has been episode 113 of the Startcast. Uh, you can subscribe to the Startcast on uh, all the subscribing channels of your choice. We're on Podcast One. Uh, we're on iTunes. I think we're on Podbean. Um, anyway, you know, uh, hit us up and, and listen to the podcast on on your service of choice. Also, don't forget to check out the website pressstart.com.au and keep. Uh, updated with all the news on uh, Twitter at PressStartAU on Facebook on Instagram uh, I've been your host Matthew uh, you can follow me on Instagram at MatthewVZ or on Twitter at MVZamari come tell me how bad of a job I've done on this podcast uh, I've been joined by the wonderful Medi. hello guys and if the past is any can give us any lesson I'll hear you guys in about 50 years on the next Starcast and we've also been joined by Brody yep thank you Um, you can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG if you can find it it's worth following that is that it is indeed Uh, well thank you for listening Uh, it's been fun I've been terrible and uh, happy gaming bye Bye.